Welcome to Mr. Thomason's Bible Class. I am Mr. Thomason, and today we're going to be discussing chapter 12 of Genesis, which is uh, the chapter where God calls Abram and uh, lays a foundation of what Abram or what God is going to do with Abram. Um, it's an exciting chapter, a transition from where we have been in Genesis, from focusing on um, kind of people in general to focusing on one man and what God's going to do with his family. So, uh, with all that said, let's jump into the chapter. Okay, so we were in chapter 11, and that, of course, gave us the background of who Abram was and where he came from. He came from the line of Shem, he is from Ur, he is a Chaldean, and it is out of this culture that God calls him, and that leads us to chapter 12. Uh, If you did what I asked uh, for uh, the last episode, you would have gone through and you would have marked Abram with uh, a letter A with the color of your choice and you probably saw maybe a few other characters that were really important and other uh, keywords keywords being words that are repeated over and over and over again Um, but chapter 12 opens up and it's the Lord talking to Abram and he says go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great and so you shall be a blessing And I will bless those who bless you. And the ones who curse you, I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Alright, so that's God speaking just in the first three verses. And um, God basically calls Abram to uh, leave his country, his relatives, his father's house. And basically go where um, the land which God will show him. But doesn't that God doesn't actually tell him where to go? Um, it's just like get up, leave everybody, and go. Um, that's a easy to read over. But you know, think about us real quick. If we were to um, hear from God, tell us to like get up and go, um, that would be actually a very hard um, calling. You know, we we can e- easily read Abram and forget that he's actually human. And but God's calling him to trust. God's calling him to go, and we're going to see what Abram does with that in just a second. Um, but moving forward through Abram's calling, it's really interesting. The next verse it says, "I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great." And I want to stop there for a second because this is actually a contrast to the previous chapter. In chapter eleven, uh, the Tower of Babel is going on. And you would see that in verse, oh, three through four, they basically say, hey, come on, let's build, let's make this tower. We are going to make a name for ourselves, um, and uh, lest we be scattered. That's in verse four. He says, well, let's, let's build for ourselves a city and a tower. They'll reach the top of the heaven, and let us make a name for ourselves, or make for ourselves a name kind of this idea of pride like we can do this we don't need the lord we can do it together as a people group and we can make a name for ourselves whereas you have this contrast where god takes one man and it's not himself saying let's make a name for ourselves it's god taking this one man and he says i will make your name great uh in verse 2 of chapter 12 
So you have this kind of contrast between the people in Babel versus Abram, who's being called out of this people group. And it's not like we see, like I talked about in the last episode, where Abram is some great individual who's shown tremendous faith uh, that God calls him out. And he's, you know, it's it doesn't seem that Abram's the one who initiates the relationship. There's no indication of that. It's it's God calling Abram out of the land of Ur, out of the Chaldeans, and um, he says God's going to be doing something with this one man. And the reason why I say you know Abram doesn't have great faith is if you've read the chapter already, you know that he doesn't have a lot of faith. He doesn't have a lot of confidence. Uh, in his situations, and and I'll talk about that in just a second. But uh, it's just really neat to see how it says God will uh, make a great nation out of him, uh, and that uh, he'll make his name great. And what else is really interesting is, if you remember the detail from chapter 11, is that Sarah is barren, or Sarai, sorry. Sarai is barren, so she can't have children. So one, God takes one man, with a wife who's barren and says, I'm going to make a great nation out of you and I'm going to make your name great. Uh, so everything about this situation has to be done by God. All right. So there's there's no indication that Abram can take this and make this happen. So uh, that's, a, that's a strong uh, theological point that we need to make sure that we grasp because Paul would use that later on. Um, to see, to show that it's it's those that are faith that are the children of Abram that are part of this great nation. But going back to chapter 12, uh, we saw that he's going to be a blessing. And so God doesn't just pull Abram out because of his faith and to say like, all right, here's this prosperity gospel where you've done well and I'm just going to, I'm going to just bless you with stuff. Um, and that's the end of it. No, this is not that prosperity, gospel, heresy, and I want to make sure that you understand that that is a heresy, um, that God, uh, just because you have done something well, doesn't mean that God's going to bless you. All right, it doesn't work that way. But we do understand that God's going to bless Abram, not for himself, but for who? Uh, for others. All right, it says, so you shall be a blessing in verse 2, and I will bless those who bless you. And at the end of verse 3, he says, And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So we had, we we see that God's going to pull Abram out, not because of his faith, but because who God is, what he's going to do through this man. And ultimately, he's going to bless all of the families of the earth uh, through this one man. So, of course, we as New Testament believers know how that's going to happen. It's going to happen through the lineage of Uh, Through the lineage of Abram, Jesus is going to come and he's going to die and bring salvation. The descendant that's talked about in Genesis 3.15 is fulfilled and he will bless all the families of the earth through Jesus. So we need to understand that, that the blessing is not because Abram is good enough and that he's done well and that God is going to bless him because of that. No, God calls Abram out of a sinful culture. Uh, and God's going to work through this one man to bring about Jesus, who will bless all the families of the earth. So, does Abram do well with this? We'll see in the next segment.
All right, so we just saw verses 1 through 3 where God calls him. He's going to be, um, he's called out to follow the Lord, leave his family, leave his country. Uh, God's going to bless him, make his name great, uh, make a nation out of him uh, in order to bless all the families of the earth. So in the next segment, we see where Abram, it says, verse 4, So Abram went forth uh, as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Uh, interesting little segment there. Now, Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Okay, so a few things here in this verse. One is that we see that Abram leaves. He goes, all right, which is good. All right, it's a good start for Abram. But it's interesting that Lot goes with him. Um, you know, we know that uh, Lot's father died in chapter 11, uh, so Abram would have taken him on. But, you know, some people say, look, verse 1, God tells him to leave his relatives from his father's house, and Abram disobeys. I think this is consistent with uh, kind of Abram's life in the coming verses and in the coming chapters, where Abram uh, partially obeys God, but doesn't fully obey, which is, of course, fully disobedience. Um, and, but I, again, this is, this is, you need to keep this in mind, these details in mind where Lot went with him. Uh, another detail to, to recognize is that Abram is 75 years old. And it's really important whenever you are studying the chapters to uh, mark time references, uh, because, uh, it's easy for us to read a chapter and then go on to the next chapter and think, well, okay, like this is just the next day, but it's not, um, it, especially when God promises something, uh, we think it's going to happen immediately because we can read it as chapters like the next day or like just the next event that happens in his life. But if you mark the time references, you'll see that he's 75 years old and the next time God talks to him or um, the next time God promises him something or just, just keep in mind the, the time references because they're going to be really revealing with God's timing in Abram's life. And you would see why Abram would struggle to trust God. Uh, I trust God. You know, I, I trust God, but I struggle sometimes to trust uh, when something's going to happen in life or if it's going to happen. And I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know if, you know, what God's going to promise is um, in the coming years or at all. Um, but interestingly enough, like it does tell us that Abram is 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So he takes Abram, sorry, he, t he takes his wife, Sarai, and Lot, his nephew, verse 5, and all their possessions and the people, and they head out for the land of Canaan. All right, again, this is a really important uh, detail here because if you think back to, if you read Genesis 9, all right, um, Noah curses Canaan, the son of Ham, and tells him that he will serve the older, which is Shem. And who does uh, Abram come from? He comes from the line of Shem. All right, so this is a this is really important that we understand that he goes into the land of Canaan. And um, so verse 6 goes through different places, uh, the land of, uh, of Shechem to the Okamora. All these places are really important if you study uh, this life. But um, we're going to move forward here. It says verse 7. All right, so the Lord appeared to Abram in Canaan, and says, To your descendants I will give this land. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So 
Again, here is God speaking audibly to Abram and says, To your descendants, okay, which I'm, I wonder if Abram just would have been really confused. I mean, Sarai is barren, but he says, To your descendants, I will give this land. Notice that he doesn't say, I will give you this land, but to your descendants, I will give this land. So Abram has to trust something that he can't see and he will never see. All right, but verse 7, uh, the Lord is speaking to Abram, saying, I promise like this to your descendants, I will give this land. I focus on verse 7 because it's easy for us to go, you know what, if, if the Lord would speak to me, then I would believe. Um, but as we see like in Abram's actions, in his life, uh, even though God has promised him something audibly, he has heard the Lord, right? he struggles to trust in the promise. And I think that's revealing of us in our own hearts that no matter what it is, no matter what sign that God could give us, no matter if God spoke to us audibly, uh, we would struggle because of our sinful nature within us. We would struggle to have faith that God would provide and God would be true to his promises. I struggle with this right now. All right, We know that Christ has come. We believe that Christ will come. And yet sometimes I struggle with that. And my actions show that. Um, but uh, Abram builds an altar there, which is an altar is supposed to honor the Lord, glorify him, um, glorify what he has said he will do. Um, but it's also something to where he is to see this altar and remember what the Lord has said. Um, and so um, we too, I encourage, say, journaling to remember what God has done in our lives and to see how he has been faithful. Um, so yes, yeah, so he, he builds an altar, but he goes forth from there to the west. He builds another altar, all right, in verse 8. And this kind of ends this segment. Now, we think, okay, like this is awesome, an awesome promise from the Lord. Uh, surely Abram is going to trust him. He's kind of faltered a little bit with Lot, but, you know, surely he he has this pure confidence in what God has said. Of course, we're going to see how he fails in this through his actions in the next segment. The last section of Genesis 12, it really shows where Abram still struggles to believe God's word. Um, again, God speaks to Abram in verse 7 and tells him that his descendants will inherit the land. Which, I mean, if he's going to have descendants, you know he's going to live. And ultimately he knows that somehow the Lord's going to provide for him to have descendants since his wife uh, is barren. But in verse 10 of chapter 12, we see this very land that is promised to him uh, has a famine. And um, instead of sticking through it and having faith that God, the Lord would provide because God has promised that this land would be his, instead he decides to go to Egypt, which is um, kind of a, a red flag in the Old Testament. Anytime uh, someone's going to Egypt, it's not necessarily a good thing. Um, so anyway, so he's heading towards Egypt and he tells his wife Sarai in verse 11 that basically, look, she's a beautiful woman. And verse 12, he says, look, the, the Egyptians are going to kill me once they see that you are my wife. And so instead of saying that you're my wife, 
Say that you're my sister so that it goes well with me because of you so that I may live on my account. So first off, really, um, Abram cares about himself. Uh, Honestly, he doesn't care about anyone but himself and the fact that he's saying, hey, look, do this so that I can live. I'm worried about me. Um, Sarai is his wife. He hides behind her. They go to Egypt and... Um, Pharaoh sees this, and the officials see her and and praise her to Pharaoh. She's taken. Uh, Verse 16 says, Therefore Pharaoh treated Abram well for his sake and gave him sheep, oxen, donkeys, and all these different things. And But the verse 17 says, The Lord struck Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Now think about back in verses 1 through 3. God says, Those who curse you, I will curse. All right, so... Here, this is seen as a curse. Abram's wife is taken from him, and God is striking Pharaoh because of it. And um, what happens is Pharaoh basically says, look, you tricked me. Why are you telling me that Sarai was your wife? Why did you tell You said she was my sister. And he's like, well, I thought you were going to kill me. So Pharaoh basically kicks him out of the land. But Abram gets to keep all the riches, which is um, kind of a... It's kind of a cultural uh, understanding. You don't take back what you've given. Um, so what I wanted to point out here, though, is is the fact that Abram's faith is struggling. He's just been told that he's going to inherit the land or that his descendants will inherit the land. So ultimately, he, he's going to live. He's heard the voice of the Lord, yet his actions show where, that his faith struggles to, to believe God. And before we think, man, like, this guy's an idiot, we should uh, first kind of go, you know what, what can I learn from this? Um, Remember, Old Testament, um, we don't necessarily want to be the characters uh, in the Bible, but we definitely want to learn from the characters uh, in the Bible. Abram's no exception. He is a man who struggles to believe God, and don't we all? I'm not sure what I would do in this situation either. I'm not sure that I would hide behind my wife and tell her to be my sister, but I can't say that I couldn't. But um, honestly, my my eyes or Abram's eyes were on himself. It, it were his eyes were not on God. He was not focused on um, the Lord's promises, and um, this is this is a lesson that we learn from verses 10 through uh, 20. Uh, another little interesting thing just to note here is that this is kind of a precursor for what the the Israelites are going to go through um, with Egypt. You have a here you have Abram in the land of Egypt, um, and the Egyptians. He walks away from the Egyptians with all of his riches, all their riches, and um, is blessed by them in that way. And this is going to be true for the Israelites as well. The Israelites will leave Egypt uh, with the Egyptians' riches. And so this is kind of a foreshadowing of what is to take place. So, all that to wrap up chapter 12 is, hey, the Lord has called Abram. He's called specifically for Abram to do certain things. The Lord will bless him if he blesses him. Not so that um, he will... Uh, just receive this blessing and that be it, but because God's going to bless all the nations of the earth through Abram. Um, Abram partially obeys, which is really full disobedience. And then when God promises him in verse 7, Abram struggles to have faith in this. So, 
a couple things about God real quick. Um, we're going to see, you know, if I was God, I'd be like, dude, this dude's messed up and uh, I'm angry and he doesn't believe in me. So I'm going to just forget him and move on and find someone else. And we're going to see that that's not necessarily the character of God. And this is important because in the life of Abram, we're going to see that it's not Abram's necessarily Abram's faith that saves him. It's the Lord to whom he believes that saves him. God is faithful despite Abram's faithlessness. And Abram's faith eventually will be matured. Uh, he, he, um, he messes up many times. And we'll continue to see this. But ultimately, his faith is credited to him as righteousness. And um, it's the God of his faith that saves him. Because God is faithful despite our faithlessness. Just the beginning. And so, um, as we move forward in chapter 13, continue to mark Abram with an A. Uh, If you haven't already, you can mark God with a purple triangle. um, And you could go back and do that from Genesis 1 if you really wanted to. Uh, but especially in 12, uh, you could mark God with a purple triangle. Um, Lot, I usually mark with an orange L and Sarai with a red S. So anytime you want to go back and study those, you can do so. Um, but in chapter 13, as we move forward, uh, specifically look and see what go- goes on with Abram and Lot and um, pay attention to where they go. Uh, really important. Um, And then finally, what happens once Lot leaves. So, hope that this has been fruitful for you and that you can use this. And class dismissed.